Hey, thanks for listening to Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. Don't forget to give it a like, give it a share, and follow the podcast to hear more episodes. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebs. And today, uh, we had our company meeting for our benefits for 2021. So, the, the company was like, okay, here's what health insurance that you're going to be able to get through work is going to be, and here's dental, and here's vision, um, and just kind of all the different things that go with that. And it is the, let's see, second, technically third time I've gone through this presentation with this company specifically, because when I first got hired and then 2020, the explaining the benefits for 2020 and now explaining the benefits for 2021, so the third time I've gone through this, um, at my previous job, I went through it um, for the 2020 explanation and the 2019 explanation and when I first got hired. So th- I you know, had that explanation three times through that job as well. So this is the sixth time that I've gone through one of these presentations. Um, every job I had before that was either like seasonal, so obviously I didn't um, I didn't qualify for those types of benefits, or I was just part time, or it was part time and seasonal, so I definitely didn't qualify for those benefits. But now that I am quote unquote on the career path, I participate in these meetings every year, like a lot of people do. Um, however, if you're outside of America that might seem like a very foreign concept that your company has a meeting explaining like your health benefits every single year because a lot of countries outside of America have a socialized healthcare system where it's like, yeah, uh, you can go to the doctor and that bill's going to be taken care of, right? And I, this is the sixth time I've sat through one of these, um, one of these meetings, right? which is like more than if I had just, right? Because I started new jobs halfway in the middle of the year. I got them pretty, so in the past like four years that I've been working technically in a career path, um, I've had six of these. So every single time I'm in one of these uh, meetings, a couple thoughts run through my mind. My first thought is, Okay, I already know what type of plan is going to be best for me and my family. I went through a major uh, that was family finance, and my minor was personal financial planning. And there were definitely sections in both of that where we talked about, okay, you know, health insurance. What are the different types of plans that one could get with health insurance? How do those work? So going into it, I'm like, okay, I know this. But then I realized... It is very confusing for everybody, even me who's had education in this sort of field um, or had, you know, sections in my education that discussed these sorts of fields. Because when you're talking about people's money, a huge thing, at least in America, is, okay, where are you getting your health insurance? Why, what are the benefits of the health insurance? You know, what are some of the uh, different types where you have high deductible, low deductible, you know, all that, all that different stuff. And it's like, I went to university and talked about these things and I get in these meetings and I'm like, 
Like one, I already know what plan I'm going to do, but two, like why is it so convoluted? Why is it such a mess? The healthcare, if you haven't sat through one of these meetings, um, no, let me rephrase what I'm about to say. If you have sat through one of these meetings, I don't know how you come out of the other end of one of these meetings and say like, yeah, this seems like a system that works. This seems like a system that is beneficial to the populace at large. I approve of I approve of how this is going to go because there are all these discussions of what's in network, what's out of network. How much how much are you going to have to pay out of your pocket? How much is the insurance going to pay? Okay, these things qualify. These things won't qualify. Once you've been on the plan for a year, then you get you know X benefits, Y benefits, and I'm sitting there like, how is it that our neighbors just to the north, somebody can walk in to a doctor's office and walk out. And that's that. Where here in America, I have to figure like, okay, let's see, what insurance plan do I need um, that's going to be the most beneficial for me and ultimately save me the most money in the long run? Um, Two, is this plan a high deductible? And if it's a high deductible, okay, what's my deductible? Is it is it a low deductible? If so, what's my copay? Okay, is this a generalist? Is this a specialist? Is my copay $30? Is it $50? Um, okay, after that, have I reached the point where my insurance is going to cover 20% or going to cover 80%? Like, have I have I reached my out-of-pocket maximum yet? Why is it such a difficult conversation? Why is it so convoluted? Why are there so many parts to what should be just a basic thing that society has. We are an advanced society that should be taking care of the health of each other. And part of that is just like, we need a system where people can go and get the help they need and then not have to jump through all these hoops. The other crazy thing is the only way it's at all affordable is if you get it through an employer and even then, it's still expensive for a lot of people. Even then, it is still a, a huge purchase at the end of the day. And if you saw the amount of money that the company is actually paying on their end, then you realize like, oh my gosh, I think I did the math at my previous job and it's like $1,100 per person. And I paid however much I paid to that. I think it was like a I think it was like an 80-20 split where I paid 20% of it and the company paid 80% of it um, of my health insurance cost. That's just to get the coverage. And then I have to go through all of this rigmarole of, okay, now that I have health insurance, what is the health insurance going to cover? What's the split on those? What's my deductible? Um, it, it's just an archaic system. And people are people often say, well somebody's got to pay for it. Like you're either paying for it yourself out of your, you know, it's getting pulled out of your paycheck. Um, you and your company are paying the health insurance or it's coming out of your tax taxes. And to that, I say like, okay, first and foremost, when it comes out of your taxes, it's still a way cleaner process. Like, okay, uh, this percentage of my paycheck goes towards health taxes or whatever. Um, but I can still go to any doctor and I can still walk in, get what I need and walk out. Like it's still a way more clean system. And if you tax the stupid rich at a higher rate, 
suddenly all those with generational wealth and all of these people with like uh outrageously um what is the word i'm going for inequality that like the high end of the outrageous inequality yeah like they're paying their fair share of the whole global economic system or not global the whole health system of their community and their society and their country right i don't see trust me i was somebody that was like staunch capitalist not but a few years ago i was somebody where it's like no uh we shouldn't have social programs like you know we should be able to do trade as freely as we want and you know companies should be able to da 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 and yeah you get health insurance through work and that's how it works but you know what? I came from a very, very privileged background. My dad works for the federal government. He's always had great health insurance through that. He's always had a great job through that. Um, and he did what he had to, to move up as high as he moved up. And, um, it's not like his parents gave him that great of a start. Like my grandparents were poor. So my dad really did bring the Tebs name up into the quote unquote upper, upper echelons of the middle class, as I like to say. Um, and then I grew up in a system where I'm like, okay, I go to the doctor and I recognize like, oh, we pay a copay and then we get a bill and we pay our share, but my dad has health insurance. We're all good there. And then I was always covered under that. And when I got my first job, I was like, okay, cool health insurance. I, I, you know, I, I had a lot of silver spoon, in my mouth that I didn't realize I had until relatively relatively recently. A lot of that is with the birth of my son and recognizing like, oh, now I'm the one that has to figure this all out. So he's taken care of. So now, yeah, I have a very different view on certain things in terms of social programs. Now, free markets, I still think should be a, a thing. And I think that's a huge benefit when we have free and open markets and if I want to do a trade and I want to purchase a product, there shouldn't be any middleman in that. I should just be able to go whoever's making that product and say, I want it. Um, but I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back with um, more of my thoughts on this. Okay. And we're back. So I don't think I would call myself a socialist at this point. Um, I, you know, I guess you could say like, Oh, I like the ideas of those Nordic countries, right? Where they have the socialized medicine and they have social programs set up to to help their people, yet they're still participating in the free economy, right? Ikea, Spotify, um, Adidas, I believe also comes from that part of the world. You know, those, those sorts of companies still participating in the free market, um, but they can go to the doctor, get what they need covered, and then head on home, right? So I guess I'm landing in in a situation like that where it's like I, I've i recognized that certain people in the current system that we have have been incredibly mistreated. Uh, the poor get kicked completely down. They get stomped on. Uh, there's There's a working class that is holding up this upper echelon of incredibly wealthy people, like incredibly generationally wealthy people. And I'm just sitting here like, because of that system, because of this convoluted system, I'm sitting in this meeting trying to figure out my health insurance when I'm like, 
if something happens to my family, I just want to make sure I'm okay. I want to make sure that the coverage is there. What if I pick the wrong plan and suddenly like I'm paying out the wazoo because, oh man, you thought, you know, your, your health situation was going to be this turned out to be that. Um, the plan you have is going to cost you way more in the long run. Right. I just like, I can't believe, I cannot believe some of the systems that we have in place. And I, I'm starting to realize like, I, I do believe that people that have earned their wealth and like, I believe it's okay to be wealthy. Um, like, you know, let's just take Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. They started companies, right. Um, that did, that really changed the world. They offered services that really changed the world. But a lot of that was, you know, it was such a collaborative effort with them and the people around them. They have employees that like are the lifeblood of the, the business. And then at the end of the day, like they can, they, they have enough wealth where they can then pay people to do such commonalities as like clean their houses. Right. So they have more free time to do X, Y, Z. And then you take somebody like Bill Gates, who has become uh, very uh, philanthropic, you know, philanthropy, um, trying to solve a lot of the world's problems, you know, the whole malaria thing, um, and now putting research into like vaccines and all that stuff uh, for COVID. You know, you can do a lot of good with wealth. And if wealth ends up in the hands of the right person, Obviously, it's going to help society, right? You have the right person with the right means. They really can push society forward, really can help out society. But oftentimes, wealth ends up in the hands of the wrong person because they were willing to manipulate, to cheat, to game the system the best they could. And then, you know, lobby legislation and say, hey, I'll pay you if you vote in this thing that that, uh, helps me, right? I'm just like... Politicians getting bought out, I hate. The the false narrative that gets put on the common American, I hate. The fact that I have to sit through an hour meeting going over my health insurance benefits, I hate. Like I, I just think these are things that we as a society do not need. Now, um, weird interesting fact, and I can't remember if it's Sweden or Switzerland. I want to say it's Switzerland. Um Switzerland is a very unique country in a lot of different ways. First and foremost, um, like it's always remained neutral through two world wars and, you know, other wars that were literally going on 360 degrees around that country. It was like, not we're remaining neutrals. So much so that it was like, we are willing to literally cave ourselves in, in these mountains and not let us go out, not let anybody come in just to remain neutral. But two, they have um, a lot of different social programs. Like they are very social forward in a lot of the things they have. They still participate in the open market, right? You can get a, there's the joke, you know, the Swiss bank account so you can evade taxes, that sort of thing. Like they're still global uh, producers, they're still global consumers. They're doing trade with all these, you know, different people. You have different companies being globalized out of, I believe, Toblerone, for example, the chocolate bar. Well, I guess you can really call it a bar. The chocolate triangles um, is is a company 
out of Switzerland. However, I believe per capita, Switzerland has like one of the highest rates of billionaires. And you might think like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They've got all these social programs. Social programs are meant to level the playing field. Like we get rid of the ultra wealthy with those level playing fields. Um, you know, there aren't billionaires in a social society like that. You know, the, the wealth gets spread evenly. Where actually, come to find out, Switzerland, because they have social programs, people can get out of poverty easier and they have more fluidity between the class, like the different classes. So somebody can be from poverty, move up into lower class, move up into middle class, move up into upper class, and then move up into like, you know, the 1%. Because they have these social programs where if you're at rock bottom, you're still going to be taken care of and you can get your feet underneath you and contribute to society and move forward and move through that class system, lower, middle, upper, they do have per capita a higher rate of billionaires. Like weird fun fact. Now, Switzerland's great and they have a lot of advantages that let them achieve that. And the fact that it's a very small country relative to a lot of other countries, it is very... Like, it has the geographic ability to remain so neutral, and it's just remained that way in a neutral sense where it's like, hey, we're just going to kind of do our thing. Um, we're going to we're gonna have the Swiss way of doing things. We're going to have the Swiss government. We're going to trade if you want to trade. We don't need to trade if you don't want to. That sort of thing. Where, and this is a, this is a huge negative that America has going for it. And then also, last thing Swiss has going for it is, like, the Swiss are Swiss. It's a very, uh, that's not the right word, but um, is homogeneic the right word? I don't think that is. Um, somebody probably laughed that I even mentioned that word in this sentence because I don't think it's the one. But essentially what I'm saying is they don't have like a huge blend of cultures. Now they have Italian influence, they have French influence, they have German influence, um, and they have very like a heavily Italian area, heavily French area, heavily German area. Um, so they do have those influences. But at the end of the day, it's like Switzerland's still made of Swiss people. Uh, you don't see a lot of like foreigners coming and going. You don't see a lot of a huge as big of a blending of culture. Now, I might be a little, I might be wrong on that. Um, but, you know, Swiss is very much like, hey, we have the Swiss way of life and we're sticking to it. You take something like America, where America is the, by land mass, third largest um, country in the world. Now, if you ask China, we're the fourth largest country in the world by land mass. You know, by population, I don't know where we are by population. I don't think we're third, um, but but we're up there. And by cultural um, melting pot, we're probably number one, you know, in America, it was a land where people from all over the world just flocked to America in hopes of like, oh, it's this great new land. Now the white people totally spat on the natives that were already here, but different conversation for a different day. So America has just such a huge landmass where you can hit any sort of terrain, tundra, season, weather, 
Um, you know, you could go a whole lifetime and not even be close to hitting all 50 states. Yet, we're supposed to have this federal government that's going to have a system that everybody can agree on. And you have Chinese communities, and you have black communities, and white communities, and, um, like, Latin communities, and uh, Irish, Italian, English, French, uh, Korean, Japanese, like, all these different communities and all these different areas where... You have to sit and think like, okay, they all want different things as well. You know, and even like, you know, a black guy from Alabama and a black guy from the state of Washington are going to want different things. A white guy from Maryland and a white guy from LA, they're going to want different things. Um, a, A Korean on the West Coast and a Korean over in New York, they're going to want different things, right? So you just have such a big amount of people in a big area that it's hard to be like okay we're gonna do something that's gonna benefit everybody the same Switzerland is so much smaller in comparison where it's a lot easier to be like okay we can kind of represent everybody here or at least um we're close enough together in all of what we're doing that a lot of the times general things are gonna benefit everybody so I don't know I just like I don't want to have to sit through these meetings where we explain health insurance benefits. I just want to be able to be like, yeah, sure, tax the ultra mega wealthy. Let's get some social programs so the people at the bottom can actually stand back up on their feet and contribute to society and we can move forward, you know, do better, like be better as a whole. And if the ultra rich need to lose a little bit of money, they're still going to be the ultra rich. Like that's the thing. When you're ultra rich, it's really hard to no longer be ultra rich, even if social programs are put into place and you get taxed more on certain things, because you know what? You're being taxed on the ultra rich things that you don't actually need in your life and you still have those investments and that capital and all that stuff that will keep you in that ultra wealthy status. I don't know. That's my rant for today. I'm just like healthcare, our system in America, complete joke. (sighs) thanks for listening to the podcast go ahead give it a like give it a share give it a favorite give it a follow give it a two thumbs up give it a five star rating whatever you do on whatever platform you are um follow me on twitter at pummelhead some of my fun tweets are there and uh you know what just keep being awesome keep keep doing you and hopefully you know things get better for everybody i want everybody to have a better life even the ultra wealthy i want them to have a better life too where we're all a little more cohesive. I hope you have a wonderful day. Peace out. Catch you in the next episode.